Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So God says, don't make idols. Don't make anything that is going to take my place. And then for sure, don't worship that thing. Well, why would God warn the Israelites and then, of course, all of us today not to make idols or not to worship idols? I'm to give you five reasons. Write them down. Here's number one. God wired everyone to be a worshiper. Every normal human has a nose approximately in the center of their face. This is just what part of being human is, because it's how God made them. In the same way, God made humans with an inborn desire to worship something greater than themselves. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about this aspect of mankind's nature as created by God. You'll hear about God's instructions to the Israelites and how that matters to you today. You'll also find out about the warnings against making other things God instead of Jehovah. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teachings. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he begins his message, Don't Make Idols. Turn to the second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 2. We learn the first of ten commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. We kind of made that into an easy thing for us to remember. Let God make all the calls in our life. In other words, let God make the calls. I'm not in charge of it. God is. Let me read you an article from the USA Today this last Friday. The person says this. I read Monday's commentary, How Much Truth is Too Much. Well, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm a devout atheist, he writes. As an atheist, I don't have a spiritual guide to what is right and what is wrong. Nonetheless, I, he says, know the difference between right and wrong. Is there something wrong with that statement? Yes, there is. Do you know this that the Bible tells us before God gave us the law, man didn't know what was right or wrong. The law told us. So here's a young man who's an atheist and he makes a statement. I don't have a guide in life. That's a true statement. But then he says, I know the difference between right and wrong. No, he does not. 
He has made himself his own God. He doesn't really have a clue. He's breaking the first commandments. He's making all the calls in his life. And we learn that these cones are the pathway of the Ten Commandments. They stand for the Bible, God's principles for living. Now, as you and I walk down these, these are God's guardrails for our life. As I stay within these, I'm safe. Oh, it doesn't mean I won't have problems. I will. In this world, we're going to have trouble. But I'm safe morally and in the principles and ethically, and my life is going to be blessed. See, this path is the only path to freedom and to purpose and to meaning. Now, the minute I get outside this path, outside the guardrails, all bets are off. It's a disaster. This young man's living out here. He doesn't have a clue how to get anywhere. By the way, as I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, which is told to me in these guidelines, the end of this path for me, the end of my life, is heaven. There's only one way. And this man has no clue because he says, I don't have anyone to tell me or to guide me. He's correct. But the Bible is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So we're going to begin today this second command. It dovetails the first command. It fits perfectly. Look at chapter 20, Exodus, verse 4. God speaking. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. That's what we're going to cover today. Ever heard this term? Well, that person comes from a dysfunctional family. Ever heard this term? Generational curse. I want to read this passage from God, and it's going to sound very strange to you. It's super critical you understand what it says. Look in verse 5. For I, the Lord your God, I'm a jealous God. Watch this statement. Punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. In our world today, if there's a mother who's on crack and gives birth to a baby. Is that baby doomed? I just got back from India. I'll show you a lot of pictures in India. Every year in Delhi, 100,000 children between 6 and 13 run away from their homes to Delhi by themselves because they've been beaten in their homes. Are they cursed because of the sin of their father? Is there any chance for those children? Every time I go to India, especially this time, and I'll show you the Bridge of Hope, you'll love it. I call my wife one day and says, I'm bringing 20 kids home with me. (laughs) Well, Pastor Mark, God says he punishes them. Well, this second commandment that we're going to talk about today has two parts. Don't make idols. And second, don't bow down to idols. Those are the two commands that make up the second command. Well, how does that work? Well, it's just an extension of the first commandment. God is to be first place in our lives. He's to be the only God. He's to be worshipped exclusively. There's no room for anyone but God at the start of our life. 
That's where he is. No other gods. Don't put another one in here. Don't worship anything that comes in here. Exclusively God. God Jehovah. Well, what do we mean by idol? A few years ago in the United States, 10, 15, 20 years ago, we rarely would use the term idol. We didn't see any idols. We didn't have lots of churches and foreign pagan religions around. We didn't see much of that. For sure, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, we didn't have this program called American Idol. Anybody here watch it? Yeah, everybody that answered me. All right, now. So what is an idol? We don't kind of know. So let me give you a definition. Write it down today. Here's the definition of an idol. An idol is something or someone that takes the place of God in exchange for God, a substitute for God. And because of that, notice, here's the important part, competes with God for our worship. So God says, don't make idols. Don't make anything that is going to take my place. And then for sure, don't worship that thing. Well, why would God warn the Israelites and then, of course, all of us today not to make idols or not to worship idols? I'm going to give you five reasons. Write them down. Here's number one. God wired everyone to be a worshiper. Now, it's interesting to me that while we're studying Exodus 20, as this is happening, Moses is up with the mountain with God. He's getting the Ten Commandments. They're not given yet. While he's up there, he's gone for a little while. What are the children of Israel doing down below while he's up there? They're making a golden idol. Isn't it amazing? Well, why? Because we were all wired to be worshipers. Now, just turn to your neighbor on the right and left and just say to them, I'm wired to worship. I'm wired to worship. Now, here's the key. I want you to add to it. You're going to turn to your other neighbor and you're going to say this. I'm wired to worship God. All right, do that. I'm wired to worship God. Why would I say that? Because that's biblical. These babies that we dedicated, well, they were simply wired to be a worshiper. Satan was the first worshiper. You know, he was an angel in heaven. He was the head of worship. He was wired. The angels are wired to worship. And of course, he fell. And because of that, he offers us all kinds of other little G-gods to take the place of the true God. You say, well, Pastor Mark, okay, I understand I'm wired to worship. What comes to your mind when I mention the word worship? Sometimes we don't really know what that means. Worth worship? Well, here's a definition. Write it. Let me explain it to you. Number one, worship comes from the heart. It doesn't come from ritual. So we have to add this word. Worship means to lovingly bow down to God in four things. We're going to do that at the end of the service today. We're going to take time to kneel before God. Look at these four things. In submission, he's the boss, I'm not. In reverence, he's God and I'm not. In humility, I'm a man. This is God. I'm humbled. And last, proving it 
Worship isn't just singing. Worship is a lifestyle. It's part of serving. It's part of obedience. So I'm wired to worship. Let me give you a couple ideas how that works. Number one, true worship is a lifestyle. It's not an event. Now think about that. We can all be guilty of this. Millions of people all over the world today are in church and they're worshiping. They're singing, they're reading the Bible, they're there. In about an hour or an hour and a half, some other congregations might go two or three hours, the worship is finished. Monday morning comes. And we go back to our regular work. God isn't involved in our life. And it comes to next Saturday night or Sunday. And we're back to worship. No, worship is not an event. Did I just describe you? Now, for some of you, it's been two or three weeks. You haven't worshiped God for three weeks because you don't even come here on routinely on a weekend. That's not worship. That's dead religion. God isn't pleased with it. It doesn't come from our heart because you feel guilty. I got to go to church and missed it for two weeks. No, no, no. Worship is lovingly offering submission to God. So it is not an event. Second, what constitutes worship? Well, it's expressed in lots of ways. Praise, shouting, clapping, singing, dancing, using instruments, raising hands, bowing, kneeling, falling before the Lord on our face. These can be done privately or corporately. All of those things. Now, everybody here comes from all kinds of different backgrounds. For some of you, the first time you came to this church and you saw somebody like this, it freaked you out. Do you know why? Let me tell you kindly why. You were never taught that the Bible says raise holy hands. Some of you today still don't get it. You're tied up in your background. I want to guarantee you one thing. The moment you see Jesus in heaven, Pastor Mark, I would never bow down. The moment you see him, boom. And then you're going to get up, and this will not be a problem for you. By the way, it's good to start it now. Pastor Mark, I came from church first, and first, second, and third, fourth, and this day. Forget it. It's biblical. Now, what if you worship like this corporately? Church is not a place for your wee system. <laughs> so we do ask when you're in church, don't do things that draw attention to who? To you. Because we're not here to watch you. We're here to worship God. So once in a while, the ushers and so forth have to say to somebody, you can't be dancing in the aisle. At home, dance all you want. But you're not going to draw attention to God by you being out here or doing whatever in your seat. The guy that walks into you, the service, he sits behind you for the first, it's all strange anyway, we're standing, whatever, and here's jumping jacks in front of him. You're worshiping God, nothing wrong with that, you love it, it's good. It's just not the right place to do it, because they'll never come back again. If you drive up the way again, as I said to Daytona, is there any excitement going on? Oh, here it comes around the bend again, 
I got all the money on that one there. They're crazy for whatever. We have no problem with it. You can all just watch the Super Bowl. Did we get in the church? I was raised this way. This is the way you worship. Are we weird or what? So I'm talking to some of you. Get over it. Next. (laughs) Number three. It isn't about how we sing. It isn't that it's just a lifestyle. It's expressed by everyday life. The way I live. See, when people look at us, they ought to be able to say, that's a worshiper of God. Not because we're singing. Not because I love to whistle. I whistle a lot. People will say, as I come in, Pastor Mark's here. I'm whistling. That's not it. My lifestyle... Remember, when Satan tempted Jesus, he wanted him to worship him. And Jesus said this to Satan. Satan, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So it's service. Turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. New Testament, Colossians, halfway through the New Testament. Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Look what it says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing songs, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, with what? Gratitude in your heart. So there's an attitude that's part of that. And here's the part. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Here's attitude again. Giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. That is a picture. That is a picture of worship. Now let me ask you a question. Is that the way you live? See, that's not on Sunday. That's every single day. Everything we say and everything we do represents God. That is worship. It's a lifestyle. Now, why would God warn us about not making or worshiping idols? Number two, idol worship is useless and foolish. It's useless and foolish. Let me read to you out of Isaiah 41. See, they are all foolish, speaking about idol worshipers, worthless things. All your idols are as empty as the wind. Let me give you some pictures because some of you see them, but you don't travel enough. You have to understand why I tried to say to you, you need to travel the world. The great commissions for the whole world. Let me give you some examples of idols around our world today. This is a picture from this last Tuesday morning while we're in Delhi. Somebody's decided this tree is a god. So they made it a god. By the way, in India, 33 million gods. So it's to be worshipped. Notice the flowers. Later, I'll show you in the service, somebody bowing down here. They're bringing money. They're coming to this tree. It's useless. Second, Here's in Delhi again, pictures of these great worship buildings. There's a God right in front of you, this big pole. 
That's a god. Represents one of their gods. One of their 33 million. They'll worship it. That place will be packed with people as they bring their offerings and their food and their flowers. Next. Lynn and I were in China a number of times. Been there about four times. And this is me on the steps. I'm getting to walk into this little teeny church. Now, what is the attraction of this church? This picture. The people in this town worship their ancestor. This is the great, 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 great grandfather. His picture's in the center. It would be right here. And that's who they bow down to and worship. They worship their ancestor. Next. If you've been to an oriental restaurant around here in town, you'll find the Buddha. Basically, Thailand, whatever, every place. People bow down, bring flowers, millions of statues of Buddhas all over the world. Somebody last night said to me, Pastor Mark, I go to an oriental restaurant. By the way, I do too. I love oriental food. And she says, I understand I don't bow down to that, but I heard if you rub Buddha's belly, it's good luck. I said, keep your hands off his belly. Just keep your hands off his belly. (laughs) Forget the good luck stuff. Here's the next one. This is a picture of a monkey god in Delhi. Notice how tall that is? That's their monkey god. Monkeys are holy to those individuals. Next. Here I am in Delhi. I'm in a store. Do you see all of those things? Those are all gods. I can buy whatever god I want and take it home with me. Now, in a way, that's funny, but in another way, that's very sad. I can buy I can buy a God, and I can put it in my home, and I can bow down to that God. But see, idol worship is useless and foolish. Turn with me to Psalms 115. Go down to verse 4. Notice how God will speak about these, well, useless and foolish idols. Verse 4. But their idols are silver and gold, made by the hands of men. Now notice this, they have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but they can't see, ears they can't hear, noses they can't smell, hands they can't feel, feet they can't walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Now think about this today. You have a God. It's a pagan idol. It can't teach. It can't see the problems of people. It can't hear or answer the prayers of the people. It can't give directions to the people. It can't get off its little statue and walk with you and be the shepherd and guide you. It has feet. It can't walk. And what is amazing to me, notice, it can't even utter a sound. You can't hear it speak. John in chapter 10 says, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. And you know one of the amazing things? In that verse it says, they have noses but they can't what? What is one of the amazing things that happens to idols all over? People bring what? Incense and flowers. And they can't smell. They're useless. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the second commandment. Don't make idols. You found out that an idol is a substitute for the true God. You learned that God made everyone with the desire to worship something or someone. Pastor Mark told you that Satan has created lots of little G-gods to distract you and to keep you from worshiping the one true God. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Don't Make Idols. You'll learn more about what worship really is. Pastor Mark will also tell you what worship is not. You'll be told how idol worship misrepresents the true God. You'll find out about the role that faith plays in your worshiping God and what your expected behavior toward God is. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.